At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. And welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. Can you believe it? Here we are in our season six talking more G.I. Joe Extreme back to back G.I. Joe Extreme weeks. So you know that I was in charge of booking. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast and I am Ray Stacanus. Okay, I'm Robert Clark Chan. <laughs> I'm Gina Polito. I can't wait to hear what Chan's going to say. Who, if we go back into the chat, said, so I guess we're doing G.I. Joe this week, and I was the one that prompted you to get your shit together? I thought I was the one who said, why don't we just do G.I. Joe? Uh, yeah, that is correct. TV's Gene Ippolito actually is the one who said it first in chat. Oh my but that was God. right along the lines of what I was thinking, because I'm always telling us we should do G.I. Joe. So. You guys, it's like. If a vagina is involved, you have <laughs> said, no idea said who it said it first. I'm just saying I influenced it. I'm not saying I said it. That's the true greatness of, of, of the producer. We're just doing the next episode of G.I. Joe, right? Monday, 1.05 p.m. Gina, uh, we got a link for tonight, 9.38 a.m. Tuesday. You're talking about today. Yeah, I said I'm talking it yesterday. about I said last week, why don't we just do G.I. Joe? I said that last week. Last week? Yeah. When we did last week's episode, I said I was the one who got us back on track for G.I. Joe because Ray kept sort of dicking around and saying, well, we'll get back to it eventually and that blah, 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 blah. Like Ray just does not want to do episodes of G.I. Joe. What it's is happening? Weird. All I look through the chat here is just Gina going off, you know, uh, paragraph after after paragraph about Kanye West. That's all I'm getting out of this chat right Ooh, now. It's really weird how she just turned and was just like, I, I think that women should be stalked. That's a very normal, natural thing. That, it was uh, shocking. It was a shocking development for TV's Gina Ippolito. Mm hmm. No, I, I, I have a lot of hot takes. And I'm not afraid to share them. Well, uh, literally, there's a uh, the other Matt Walsh, not the funny, cool UCB Matt Walsh, the other uh, conservative Matt Walsh. Yeah, terrible. About how like, yeah, I'm on Kanye's side. He should be a jealous freak out dude, like stalking women. I'm like, wow, that is a 
It's a bold choice in this day it's and age. Crazy how like the certain number of these commentators online who are all trash, obviously, but they yep. just look at a situation, they see which side is clearly and obviously wrong, and then they automatically glom onto that side two hundred percent. And I will never understand how that works. I can tell you, it's a short form improv game because I did comedy sports long enough to know that uh, uh, what you do is you um, play yourself a game of world's worst mm-hmm. and then just just go read the paper and take anything and just go like, hey, okay, what's the worst possible take there? Boom. You tweet that out and you get uh, points for it. Yeah. Who, gives, uh, you, who then, gives you those points? God? Does God give you those points? No, there's a referee in the show. Uh, you got two teams on either side, you know, a red team and a blue team uh, with wacky names and... Um, there's a ref who hands out points. Weirdly it's kind of like whose line is it anyway, hmm. but sporty. But weirdly enough, it's Elon Musk who actually gives you the points. So that's that's okay. how it works. Ooh, points for going to Mars? Yeah, that's right. You get Mars points. Are there Ooh. points on Mars? No, I mean, to be fair, though, you are getting all these points on Mars because the idea is to send you there and never deal with you again. So I mean, be careful. I've been, ex- wish for I've been expecting. I knew that as soon as that technology... Um, uh, arrived, I would be one of the first on the like, get him off the goddamn planet. Well, it really blows Look, me away. Having seen yes. in our quest to watch every single one of our screeners this year for the first time before <clears throat> the Academy Awards, don't look up. So we know how this ends. Yeah, oh, I know. Oh, yeah, I've never no. seen that. <coughs> I, I assume movie. it ends with somebody looking up. I'm not, I don't want to spoil it now. Okay, you know what? That's that's a good call. That's a good call. In a world where the Bioshock video game exists, it is wild for me to see these people being like, we're very, very rich, and we just want to live with other very, very rich people in a place you can't get to us. Because as we all know from Bioshock, it ended so well for that group of people. I mean, Uh, I'm very, very smart, and I only want to interact with and live with other very, very smart people, which is why I've been trying to get out of this podcast for six years. What are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) You got to try harder. (laughs) I chose Uh, the path of least resistance. I mean, I feel like... um... Like we're just taking a page from Kanye's book, like we always have, Ray and I. <laughs> sure. And uh, you know, if, if a woman doesn't want something, we just keep on harassing them until they finally cave. That's that's how it works, right? It was yeah, inappropriate sounds- when Gina was actually not, you know, not here for recording time, and I texted Gina and I said, "Where are you at?" And she texted me back, "I'm in bed with your wife." Very inappropriate, yeah. Gina. Very inappropriate. It's a, it's a flex. Uh, it's a flex that I will bust out anytime I am actually in bed with your wife. Hmm. It happens more often than you'd think. Uh, I'll start there. I will say I don't understand why you bought a ferry. It didn't. Uh, it didn't track with uh, the rest of the things you've been doing. I just have too much money and I don't know what to do with it. And and I've already gotten as many tattoos as my nutsack and underboob can handle. So. <laughs> Fair. Is yeah, under boob tattoo up. a thing? Uh, you know what? If I'll it's not, it should be because when you're standing on top of a mirror, you'll be able to look look down and see. I'm assuming it's two eyeballs that anyone yeah. would get on their under boob or something uh, that you can only read if you're standing on top of a mirror and it's printed on your under boob backwards. I want to see that uh, Kilroy was here guy. That's what I want to see. 
but back this is the right. kind of classy repartee that people naturally come to expect from knowing is half the podcast hey did i you hope know- this is your first episode oh, and like you're you're already gone no you if this was gone. your first episode you know exactly what you're in for uh we'll, but mixed in with some gi joe talk that's all i mean all i care about is that i i kept to a strict intro i said my name anything after that is just gravy it's you know what you got to say your name, the name of the show, and what your show's about, and we do all those things at the top every episode, despite the fact that Robert Clark Chan hates it. I th- this is a sacrifice that I'm making for all of you, and here's me gesturing at humanity. So the episode of GI Joe Extreme we're going to talk about is episode. I'm not two done gesturing. Season it's two. A big, there's a lot of people. I'm casting my arms wide. And I'm going slow, so I make sure I get everybody, because oh, people yeah, often just like just uh, wave their arms and like, what about the people in Antarctica? There are people there in research stations. I want to encompass them as well. I'm very inclusive. Famed visual medium podcasting. I think the fans can hear it. They can hear that I'm <laughs> doing that If they can't right hear now. it, they can feel it. I promise mm-hmm. you that right mm-hmm. now. You'll uh, feel when I'm sweeping over you. Uh, you'll feel like a warm glow in your belly. Oh, I was thinking it's like the opposite of ASMR when people want the whatever the opposite of like a nice, relaxing, shiver inducing ASMR experience. They tune into this. <laughs> Is and it they're like nails on a chalkboard? They're just tense for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! The important goodness. thing is we provide a service. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. a good service, but it is a service. It's a niche service. Some people are too relaxed. Mm-hmm. We are an ASMR companion piece that you mm-hmm. listen to first before you get relaxed. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to amp yourself up first, otherwise right. the the ASMR isn't really working hard enough. That's Thank why you. you like dip into like the hot tub before you go into the cold water. Mm-hmm. Or is it yeah. cold water in the hot tub? No, I think like like in in Wee Spa, there's the cold room, so you can go to one of the hot rooms and get all relaxed. And then you're like, but I I want to go to another hot room, but I'm already super relaxed. So you go into the ice room for like three minutes, and then you're like, fuck, I'm cold. I uh, thank you for that insight into the Wee Spa world that I will never ever be a part of. They let you bring kids there, and there's a there's a some some word for like a jungle gym uh can we leave them there yeah you can leave them there while you while you get your spa treatments or while you Mm. lay on the mats Mm. the heated mats i don't care these half measures they have good korean food there too it's a lot of it's a lot of good stuff you really would enjoy it Okay. So the episode we're talking about today is called Operation Underground. And the big thing that I noticed about this episode right away is that it was written by Marv Wolfman, Wolfman. who is a big time comic book writer. And it goes with the fact that the story editor for this season is Roger Slifer. Uh, So we've got two really, you know, good comic book names kind of in charge of this right now. And honestly, it shows a little bit like these are, again, season two of this show still better than what they did in the Deke era. And I will, I will say that with no shame whatsoever. I'm going to say I'm a little bit, I'm a little bored uh, with these first two episodes. And I was a big proponent of season one, but like Uh, I said, I want, I want this, this to be a dark and I mean, it kind of is a dark grittier season, but dark just feels like we haven't seen the chick yet. And you know, I can't tell the two blonde guys apart here. Like one's, 
One like tears up on his skateboard. The other tears up on his guitar. Why do we need two blonde guys that both tear stuff up? I just, I don't know. Wait a minute. Wasn't that metalhead that was on the skateboard? No, that was Black Dragon on the skateboard. See, I'm not the only one who can't tell blonde white guys apart. This but is also, true. Very true. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's all true. He should have black hair. His name is Black Dragon. Come on, guys, get it together. Um, this was back in the yeah. heyday of uh, white people being ninjas. You got oh, your Michael, yeah. Michael Dudikoffs, your uh, Frank Dukes's, and what have you. Oh, this is where you. No, I, I, th- that was actually the era before this. This era of the mid 90s is when you got what? Three ninjas, uh, where you got uh, the, the, was it Chris Farley as a ninja? Uh, whatever right. that thing was called. Beverly Hills Ninja. That was Beverly Hills Ninja. Yeah, and so this is this is the second era of white ninjas. The second second wave. The second epoch of white ninjas. Yep, yep, yep. I can't wait to uh, third wave when we get real big fish. (laughs) I don't know why that was really funny to me. Um, Because you're old. Because it's a reference. It's not a very good reference, and it doesn't really relate perfectly but it because it's old you're like ah, i recognize that <laughs> uh, it worked for me anyway so the this episode uh, operation underground i really liked this opening scene now they don't do uh, a cold opens live action anymore that's a thing of the past we just go straight into intro Which, music uh, and that's another thing i don't like i feel like I, if, yeah. if they're gonna cut the budget of this show i want to see where that money is going i want big name guest stars i want explosions i want lots of backgrounds well, you got lots I of explosions in this one. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on here because <laughs> I genuinely enjoyed this episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, hey, now we're back on track. And the episodes where I'm like, everything's cool now, you're all like, yeah, but it's not dumb like the end of season one. <laughs> no, I, I, or- I want it elevated a little bit. There were things that I liked about this. I like that we get to see Grodd's origin story. Uh you know, I, I thought that there was some good Rod. stuff in here. I'm just saying I want I want more excitement. No, I, I, I mean, thought this is a good, ex- exciting episode. I mean, uh, let me just say the way it starts out where they now reestablish what Scar is. It's no longer an underground terrorist organization. It's now taken on a cult like status where, you know, they have recruiting drives and people have to prove their loyalty and say, what did you do that makes you worthy of Scar? And this guy's like, oh, I bombed a candy store. And they're like, well, fuck you. That's random. That doesn't further our goals. You don't even get what we're about, man. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, This Sly Simeon guy. And I thought that was like excellent. Like we're not looking for random violence. We're looking for like motivated quality candidates for this thing. I I appreciated what they were going for. And the fact that they like kicked him the F out of their recruitment because he was an idiot. I just, that made me happy. Yeah, I do. I do appreciate. I appreciate any time that there's like a villain with uh, a message I can get behind and the message of like, Oh, we need to, we need to like, have law and order so that they're not just like, oh, we need lots of money. We need to take over government. Like this new era of Scar seems to think like people aren't running the world right. I can run it better. Thanos was right. Uh, And, you know, like you can run. I can run better. (laughs) I can run anything better than you. And I, you know, I appreciate that. It's not just it's not chaos. It's the uh, it's the opposite of chaos. They want to order the world. 
Uh, and I like that there's this dude that's so desperate to join it. it. He he has like desperate guy asking a woman out repeatedly on Twitter vibes. Uh-huh, totally. uh, like he yep. goes there and he's like, I bombed a place. Hey, 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 you look pretty. Hey there. <laughs> Hi there. How's your day going? Hello? Send nudes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, this guy looks like a monkey and someone's like, hey, your last name is Simeon, which is like truly, truly tragic. But th- this is when I was like, oh, this is like a fucking Batman origin story. This isn't like a G.I. Joe thing. <laughs> so I'm kind of I'm kind of into the fact that they're that they're like, you know what? Screw it. Let's throw some old school villains and see them like see them see their origin stories. I was torn on this because like, yeah, if you look kind of like a monkey and your name is Simeon, of course, people are going to say that you're a monkey and you can't go flipping out about it. You change your name, yeah, uh, at the very least, so that uh, uh, at least you're not bringing it on yourself. At this point, um, it's it's kind of on him. Wow. That being said, wow, I, blame the victim, Chan. Oh, I agree. If, if he wasn't so ugly, not, we wouldn't need to bully him. Get to be a victim when you bomb candy stores. I want to know, uh, like, did did candy get blown sky high and were people allowed to then take it for free because it was slightly ruined? And where can I get this candy? No, Gina, what happens when sugar gets very, very hot? Uh, it it's delicious. It, it goes in my mouth either way. So it becomes yeah. like scalding magma and it's horrifying. No, but I'm, like, I'm sure there. that there's some stuff that got like blown clear I'm just saying, yeah. if there's a if there's a random street in New York City where there is candy that's just up for grabs, I would like to know about it. So random candy that's like melt to the walls across the streets. You're like, you know what? I, I can take a bit of this. Now, granted, if if he should have said a marshmallow factory, if that dude blew up a marshmallow factory, it would have been awesome, and it would have been chaos, and like he would have achieved his goals and made people happy at the same time. Win, win, win. Yes. All right. I, maybe he should have legally bought the candy store and then given me some candy for free. I'm no longer on board with terrorism, terrorist. you guys. Once yeah. terrorism affects the candy supply, I am not on board. I, you know what? I, I will back you on this. I, I also agree that we should uh, uh, have a safe space. We should have some sort of Geneva Convention for candy. Yeah. So G.I. Joe at this point is now taking a tour of a like this this underground bunker where they get their tech from out in the desert. Yeah, and and it's run tour. by some super Irish guy who keeps calling everybody, hey boyo. <laughs> and that yeah. just that, yeah. that brought me some weird joy. I was I like, love what? this dude. I love the introduction of a hot, super buff, redheaded nerd. Uh, who's got an Irish accent? This is the dude I want to date on GI Joe Extreme. <laughs> this is your like new clearly guy. he just does nothing but like nerdy shit and work out all day, and that's the dude that I want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this definitely seems targeted towards the Gina demographic. Yeah, yeah. G- give me a give me a hot nerdy dude who's like, look, I just kind of want to be left alone to read my nerdy books, play my nerdy games. And do eight thousand crunches a day. Uh, you know what, uh, Gina? I wish you luck in your journey to find this individual. <laughs> they may only exist in cartoons, but I, I hope for the best. Fuck that! Men just don't want it enough. They just don't. They, <laughs> cartoon men want it more than real men. 
<laughs> Nobody wants to not be cartoon men anymore. <laughs> you should probably just buy a uh, body pillow <laughs> from some importer in Japan body and just design yourself. Abs. They, sh- I not guarantee, you someone makes one with abs. Isn't it usually just like a big face? Oh no, I guess the I guess the ladies are sexy ladies. Yeah, you're right. I should get one. And then I'll stuff it up inside my vagina. I don't think you understand how pillows work. Let it go, Jake. It's body pillow town. Ew. So they're on this plant, and uh, apparently they're monitoring the world, which makes me a little bit nervous. This is pre pre nine eleven, and these people are already using Big Brother technology to monitor every major city of the world. I mean, to keep us safe, obviously. Sure, sure. And Clancy, I love Clancy here, because Clancy, who we know is Iron Claw, right? And Clancy's just like, Hold well, on, hold on. Gina, yes. do, you, do you know that it's Iron Claw? Do you realize that he oh, is wearing a mask? Uh, he makes a real fast change in this episode that's way too fast for it to be because Iron Claw also has a mask on. So where's what's going on? He's wearing a mask over another mask. It's the logistics of this 90s cartoon are not proper. Okay. Gina's uh, uh, in crazy town, so we can just leave her there. At least we know where she is. I mean, was there ever a doubt after the last 10 minutes of conversation? <laughs> You never can tell because sometimes she'll like wander back into reality and you got to be prepared for that because, you know, the things can turn dark real fast. I'm just saying if I'm having no problem following it and Gina is having trouble following it, that is a sure sign to see a doctor. How am I having trouble following it? He makes a quick change here. You cannot deny When he's this is, on the laptop talking quick. to his secret people. This changes obsessively, uh, obnoxiously quick, yes. Um, I've I, made I, quicker changes in a sketch comedy show. Yeah, it's like Girl a fraction of a second. He's Please. on a Zoom call, and then the Joes are like, yo, man, we're coming in. And he's like, okay. And his like, voice changes midway, and he like ha- and he's like all of a sudden changed. I'm wondering if that Iron Claw outfit is like those Halloween costumes from like the 80s that we all had that were just one piece of like vinyl or plastic and then just oh, like that shit. mask. It's and like I'm wondering if that's all it is. Yeah, they just it's they're just like tearaway NBA player pants, you know. Oh my and God. then he's just got Clancy on underneath it. That's how he could do it. I would love to see just that moment as he just rips it off. Whew, done. Um, no, but I appreciate Clancy because this is before that. Clancy turns to the G.I. Joe team and he's like, no need to go after Scar anymore. They're dead. <laughs> and I'm just it's so transparent and so wonderful that all he's he's just like this one note being like, time to leave Scar alone. Let's disband everybody. <laughs> and I'm just dying because like I know the truth. Uh, and then and then and the one leader, I think it was uh, I think it was Stone, who's just like, uh, do I, why do I need to explain this to you, Clancy? Iron Claw is dead. Scar is still very much around. And also, what the f is wrong with you right now? Yeah, I gotta I mean, say, he's not he's not being he's not being like chill about it at all. Like if I if I had just sort of like faked my death and and like my organization was on the surface in a shambles, but I was really like running it through a puppet shadow government type thing. If someone was like, 
hey, what if it's these guys? I wouldn't be like, no, it's not. It's not at all. Why would you say that? I would yeah. be like, yeah, it could be. Let's get some lunch, yo. Let's go. I heard there's free candy in New York. <laughs> real chill. Yeah. But I appreciate this show for already planting that seed of doubt in in our heroes' minds and just giving them that first little point of just like, oh, okay. Because we are sure they're going to figure it out. So this is just phase one of that plan. And I think that's just kind of cool that they're planting those seeds already. Now, this takes us I to... W- yes. I, will underst- I understand that they don't... Uh, like, the audience isn't going to pick up on this. But I think that um, it, an important thing in, you know, being undercover as a, a guy in the military-industrial complex is that just because an enemy is gone doesn't mean you shut down your operations. Uh, it just means that you have to find new enemies because then otherwise the funding dries up, you're out of a job and, right. uh, you know, you won't get that sweet lobbying gig after you retire. So like what it, sh- what should be happening is he should just be like making him do random shit. Just like, Hey, you know what? Uh, I hear there's, uh, I hear those juggalos are, are you know, militarizing. Why don't we go, uh, investigate them, go undercover, as yep. juggalos for six months. Oh God, can uh, we do that? I mean, would oh, that wait, not be an amazing uh, uh, sidebar episode arc? Look, I, I thought you meant just for this show, and I just mean the three of us goes undercover at the gathering of the juggalos while wearing body cameras and just sees what happens. Ray, you Ray? don't have to go undercover. You would fit in. With that crowd, Ray, as is. nobody knows. Nobody knows. How, <laughs> how many albums of the Insane Clown Posse have you purchased in your lifetime? Oh, okay. Well, let's go all the way back then, because we gotta we gotta say there is. Uh, it starts with the the six Joker's card albums. So of course you start with Carnival of Carnage, Ringmaster, Riddlebox. Uh, let's see, you've got. Uh, 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 the amazing Jekyll brothers. You've got the Wraith, and I'm forgetting what the fourth one is off the top mm-hmm. of my head. But I bought all six Joker's card albums. But then mm-hmm. there's also the Christmas album. You can't forget about that. And then there was Forgotten Freshness. Uh, and then there was the album on cassette tape, the green one. I forget its name, but that predates the uh, original Joker's card album. So that's nine right there. And I think that's as many as I have purchased, but also two DVDs of Juggalo Championship Wrestling, uh, two of the greatest wrestling DVDs you've ever seen. Chan, if I have not shown these to you, what is my problem? We must watch them. I am busy that day. <laughs> don't even act like you don't want to see him. You can't. I don't. You being you, there is a 0% chance I did not just pique your curiosity. I know too much. God damn it. <laughs> Patreon exclusive. <laughs> Patreon uh, exclusive with the uh the crew from AE Double Back crossover. <laughs> Patreon exclusive. We watch Juggalo Championship Wrestling Jeez. one and two. The greatest matches, the greatest commentary, the greatest DVDs ever made. So to answer your question, I don't know. I barely even know who the insane clown posse are. Yeah, no, no, no. I get that. I, I picked up on that immediately. Like, I'm just mad at myself for forgetting what that fourth Joker's card album is. Somebody it's a great Malenko, you dummy. Great Who doesn't Malenko? know that? Fuck. I was looking Christ. right at the album cover and I couldn't place it. Thank you. Great Malenko. Oh, I'm so mad at myself right now. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, the number of 
uh, Insane Clown Posse uh, albums that I have personally purchased is greater than zero. So I don't have any room mm. to talk. But And how many concerts have you been to? Because that's the next step. Okay, that I can feel comfortable saying zero. I've I been to like in, th- in three or Egyptian four. mythology, I hear that when you die, your heart is weighed against the weight of how many uh, juggalo <laughs> tickets and albums you've bought. Yeah, and if, that's how I know I'm the good. Juggalo albums way more. You get sent to the bad place. Oh no! <laughs> but I'm just yeah, saying, like, if we did, if we if we well went undercover at Gathering of the Juggalos, that would be really cool. Uh, totally ironically, though, right? Yes, Ray. Totally ironically. So Iron Claw has a meeting of the council, and I I don't know if we've ever like established with the council before. I think it's like leaders of other nations, supporters of Scar. Iron Claw is like, yo, I'm still alive. So I feel I guess like we've seen that a couple of times. I mean, yeah, I thought we did. One, it feels familiar. Um, but he's apparently opened up the circle of people who know he's alive beyond that one uh, uh, silver, what's her name? Steel Raven? Steel Raven, thank you. Uh, and so uh, he's now opening it up to the council. And he's and his plan is legitimately good. He goes, we need to just let other people do terrorism. They're, they suck at it, so G.I. Joe can do a thing. But if we just cease all SCAR activities, recruiting every mission, put it on ice for 30 days, G.I. Joe will run, not have somebody to fight, and then they will disband and we can come back and it'll be too late for them to come back together. Uh, also, I'm going to stop the bombings that are happening in New York City right now because they're leading it. And the way he's going to stop the bombings, send G.I. Joe to stop those bombings of the Simeon guy. And I'm just like, this is really strong. This is really good. It's also the second time in two episodes that his ends uh, have um, like the means. Wait a minute. The ends just. Yeah. The means have uh, led to good outcomes. Yes. Like um, like he's doing a thing that actually makes people safer. Um, in his quest to destroy G.I. Joe. But also he's furthering his own cause at the same time. That's the duality of man. I guess. But like if at the end of the day he keeps doing these things and he still can't beat G.I. Joe, whose side is he on really, man? That's a good point. That's good. That's really good. I'm a fan of that. Um, So now the the part of the episode that really I had trouble working with unless this is planning to extend out over further episodes is heavy metal. Uh, the blonde surfer dude has an undercover operation in New York city, uh, with a rock band where he's going to be the new guitarist in this famous rock band who only play tiny cabarets. So I don't really understand how this works. Um, but he, they sent him to New York city with this cover of being in this rock band. So he can find the bomber of New York city except for the fact that after he meets the rock band, he never interacts with them ever again. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this feels like something that was like a, a, an A story that somehow got turned into a C story. Yes, exactly. And then they just sort of let it lie, which is weird. And then, and then Black Dragon and Quick Strike are sitting around the table, and they're just like, well, I don't like that he gets to go undercover. We want to help stop the New York City bomber, too. And Stone, to his credit, he just turns to him. He's like, you're goddamn right. You go, too. No cover necessary. Just show up. Yeah. What the fuck? I'm like, what is happening right now? I thought at some point that the band was, like, going to come in and save the day or something like that. Yeah. Like, like, that's what would happen if this was a movie that was thought out and shit. Like, it would just be okay, like... Okay, now hold on. 
if this were a uh, um, a professional wrestling angle, and the story was that Metalhead was going to go join a band, what were they called? Like Little Birds or some weird shit? They were called. Oh, I wrote uh, it down here. They were called uh, Bird, Bird Call. Call. Bird Call. The, the, lead the little marquee. Name. The little marquee in their place said Bird Call Rock Band. Bird Call Rock Band at the cabaret. Told. Um, uh, uh, he, he was like, okay, uh, Vince McMahon's like, okay, you're going to be like a, you know, you're going to get to do like awesome rock, uh, uh, rock star guitar solos and stuff like that in this new angle you're doing. And then um, Black Dragon was like, well, how come he gets to do cool stuff? Yeah. I got to get over too. Like, all right. Uh, you want you want a skateboard? Yeah. Oh, oh no, okay, no sure. That whatsoever. Like, what is it? Where is that? Why is that there? Like, no yeah. idea. So they show up. They show up. They're just in New York City. They're like at Central Park or something. And I mean, literally, this does not further anything. Black Dragon, who's now out of his like uniform, he's just dressed like a dude. He just walks up to some kid and he's like, "Can I borrow your skateboard?" He's like, "I guess." And then he just does like mad tricks for like a minute straight, including riding up a wall. Uh, and then he's like, here's your skateboard kid. And they're like, Whoa. And I'm like, and then we just move on meant nothing to anything whatsoever. I mean, um, it did inspire the, uh, classic 30 rock meme of Steve Buscemi walking in with a skateboard oh, over his man. back. Like, Hello, fellow youths. Hello, fellow kids. Um, and then there's a huge explosion and a message appears. Uh, seems to be some sort of weird coded message. Hold on. Simeon. You forgot yeah. the part where they saw, a uh, um, uh, marquee for Martial Arts Monsters 2, The Heretic. I, uh, how could I have passed right past that? Another thing that was dropped and left for no <laughs> effing nothing. reason. Martial Arts Monsters 2. I, I, the Heretic. A, I'm all about world building. It's but I like word. it when it like, ties That's into something. That's a big something. word for a kid's show. Like, what, Heretic uh, is like kind of a kind of a kind of a loaded word for a kid's show. It separates the kids who have played Warhammer 40,000 from the kids who haven't. That's all. <laughs> or, or listen to uh, uh, Slipknot's album, Iowa. Yeah. Yep. Fair. Fair. Uh, or, or or for that matter, uh, 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 what is it? Uh, the Nine Inch Nails album? Um, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. The, the, uh, what, oh, my gosh. The Cutting Edge. What the hell is that album called? The Downward Spiral. The Downward Spiral. The I'm looking at the edge. album cover. Of my, I'm having trouble pulling names what? of albums today. This is <laughs> Look, music is not my number one reference point, and I am showing my whole ass on this episode right now. G.I. <laughs> Joe will return after these messages. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
But here's the Cobra Mamba. Cobra Mamba, its power is rising out of the blue. It strikes like lightning. The Cobra Mamba is a fast attack copter with laser guns and missiles. The Mamba sides detached to become attack pods. Triple threat, meet us yet, Cobra Mamba! Jump, jump! Nobody beats the Joe, the real American hero! Cobra Mamba and other vehicles and figures sold separately. Jump, Now, back to G.I. Joe. Oh, my goodness grace. Okay, so now there's an explosion. Uh, everybody's running away. There's a message. Uh, uh, and, <laughs> and and Metalhead now we just goes, oh, well, that happened. Metalhead goes into his audition with the band. And I kind of like that the band is like, we don't know you. Our manager says you're a new guitarist, but we've never heard of you. You've got a lot to prove. We can, We will still fire you. We don't give a shit what our manager says. I'm like, cool. So he ends up playing. And I love the fact that all the members of the band have G.I. Joe code names. I didn't write them all down, but it was like, I'm Bird, I'm Gravel. I'm... Yeah, what Those are like, band Backy. names, Ray. I'm Not Backy. everyone with cool nicknames is a member of a elite military operation. How the dare other guitarist, you? His name was Strings. Strings. Oh, it's, like Burger, it's, it's like the Burger King Kids Club. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like... This is I'm the uh, um, my name is Backbeat. It's a it's it's a weird call to begin with, just to have those names, but then to not have it lead anywhere or mean Nowhere. anything. Like, why did you spend the extra f- eight <sighs> seconds it took to give us that information? <laughs> it is yeah. absolutely useless. I'm gonna I write a sketch. It. No one steal this. Copyright Gene and Bledo. This counts as a legal binding agreement of Love the it. the one guy in like the 80s and 90s whose whose job it was to come up with nicknames for anyone <laughs> like for the Burger King Kids Club kids and for anyone in a cartoon and he's just the guru and they keep going to him and they're like all right we've got a kid in a wheelchair for the Burger King Kids Club there's only one guy who can name this character something <laughs> unique and compelling and then they go to him and he's just smoking a cigarette in a dimly lit room and he goes uh, you did you bring the money and they just have an envelope of cash that they like leave <laughs> on his floor and he goes name the kid wheels <laughs> and they leave the cash and go and poof just, just disappears in a puff of smoke <laughs> that much genius cannot be contained in this universe for too long <laughs> now that's clearly an alien uh, hand guiding us that's all i would say mm-hmm um, so, uh, well, Metalhead apparently can shred on the guitar. We knew this from the uh, previous season where he played guitar, some sort of guitar weapon. I mean, if isn't I that right? like his thing in like the opening or some shit? Yeah. And yeah, he ha- yeah. Yeah. Ray's acting like, oh, there we, we knew this from one very specific thing. Like his whole thing is that this. I don't know. You can well, live like- the life but not have the talent. I mean, that is possible, <laughs> but we've seen the talent before. Yeah. It's a. Uh, um... They got to bring it up every once in a while. Just so you know, he's like a fully fleshed out three-dimensional kind of character. Really and not is just a computer guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's not just some surfer guy who loves computers. He he has he has angles to him. Um, <laughs> and so they say, oh, you're in. We love you. You're in. Great. And then we never, we, we drop that angle entirely no. for act two. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, oops, got to go. It's, it's gone. wild to me. Because the other two <laughs> members of G.I. Joe sort of like, 
rush him out the door being like, we got to find this guy from this bomb. And he's like, okay, bye. Nothing. We never, again, we never see these people again. So I'm hoping that in episode three, there's some sort of like future use of this angle because why? You know where why? they are. They're they're on tour with uh oh man, what was her name in like one of the very first Sunbow episodes? Yeah. I, at first Litter I thought when, uh, when they when they said that it was a uh, uh, you're going undercover in a rock band, I was like, oh my god, are they redoing that episode? Are we oh, gonna get like uh, um, a wolf coming in to you know dress up as the tambourine oh, you're player? About, or something? You're talking about a satin and satin, her uh, cabaret show. Yeah, there's oh. there's sat. They're opening for satin. The encore group is Cold Slither. Guys, I really want to go just watch Pyramid of Darkness again, just because you said that. <laughs> it's so wonderful. I mean, we're gonna eventually have to circle back around to rewatching all of these. <laughs> I mean, and the no, part that's crazy please. is you're not wrong. We completely please, are no, going to no, bookend all of this no, with one more run of Sunbow no, era. No, absolutely. Over two more seasons, no, probably Jesus three or four Christ. years. <laughs> uh, that'll be about 19 years into this podcast. Is that'll this what it feels years. like to be you, Gina? Just knowing <laughs> that it's never going to end. <laughs> um, I do want to say that, like, I, I want to say that it's just not like this guy is like uh, Marv Wolfman is, you know, just like a comics legend he's been working forever and has created some of the greatest characters in comic book history uh like maybe he's just not uh um uh real well versed with uh writing animation and so wrote you know uh uh, a 60 page script when you know they had to cram it down to 30 and so like a bunch of stuff got left out and you know like it was this whole uh, just really f- uh, filled in world that was really interesting and exciting. But I'm looking at his goddamn filmography, and dude has been writing since '80s. He's been writing cartoons since '86. Mm-hmm. He has. Uh, uh, um, he was a head writer in season three of uh, Transformers. So like he was a head writer like years before this ever came out, and he has been writing consistently. Uh, um, you know, for like 20 years in animation. So it's not like he screwed this up. No. For some reason, there's just so much stuff does. missing from this. And for the people, we when we say Marv Wolfman is a, is a comic book legend, I just have a list here. These are the characters that he has created. Uh, he or co-created. Has, or, co- or co-created, yeah. But the, he's, you know, one of the, the mind behind it, the writer side of the creation process behind Blade, Cyborg, Raven, Starfire, Deathstroke, Tim Drake, Robin, somebody named Rose Wilson I'm not familiar with, but Nova, Black Cat, Bullseye, and the Omega Men, who I don't know them either. But, like, that's a lot of known characters uh, 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 from this guy. I mean, it seems like he may have created the, uh, the, the Teen Titans. Yes, because you listed off all of the Teen Titans. Oh, is that who they are? Cyborg, Raven, Starfire. Well, he created the Teen Titans. Well, to be fair, didn't those characters exist before the Teen Titans existed? Weren't they pulled together to to do that? I I don't think so. I think the new Teen Titans, those were all uh, new. I mean, here's the deal. My point is, if you don't know, now you know. Marv Wolfman is about as legit a comic book author as you're going to find on the planet, writing G.I. Joe Extreme Season 2. Kind of awesome. Yeah. 
So, uh, okay. So what I need a sound poll for this one, Chan, because one of my favorite moments maybe in GI Joe history happened in this episode because he gives them a riddle of what comes after five. (laughs) And I need this because this spoke to me in a way I can't fully wrap my head around. Yeah. What follows one, two, three, four, and five? Anything, man. That's what I'm talking about right there. Thank you. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five. What comes after five? It could be literally anything. I respect a fellow non math knower. <laughs> so yes. they figure out very, very quickly <laughs> that he's talking about subway train platforms. And that what comes after five is subway train number six. They go down into the subway and they get his voice over the PA system. And they're like, oh, we got to just go to the, the ticket booth. That's where the PA system is to find out that one, there's a clerk tied up Two, it was a recording on a, on a tape recorder, I think. And three, there was a bomb in there and it goes off. Boom. Another explosion for Gina Ippolito, who said there weren't enough explosions in the episode featuring 9,000 explosions. Nonstop. It was constantly, ex- the screen was constantly exploding. I don't know what Gina was talking about. I'm just saying. Well, they decide <laughs> they need to check the trains. Unless you guys got more to talk about the ticket booth. There really wasn't much there. No. Okay. So we're going to check the trains now. We're going to check the the trains on the number six platform. And so they go one, two, three. Each one takes a train. Uh, Quick Strike goes after the one that just left. Uh, Metalhead is going to get on the the last one. And then Black Dragon's getting on the one that's arriving right now. So they're like, it's got to be one of these. Let's do it. Quick Strike realizes he's not going to be able to get to the, he's not going to be able to catch up to the subway. So he runs out of the subway, grappling hooks a helicopter. Shouts from a distance. I'm in GI Joe. Take Hold me on. to this station. Hold on. Stop. Yes. I'm in GI Joe. Take me to Street Subway. What the? Who? In what? The, you just grappling hook a helicopter and say, "Take me to the Sixth Street Subway." That's right. When when they do the inevitable G.I. Joe Grand Theft Auto video game crossover, you're just going to be able to grappling hook any vehicle, shout at them, I'm in G.I. Joe, and they will take you wherever you need to go. What? Uh, what? Okay, like, th- there's apparently some level of celebrity. Uh, people know who the G.I. Joes are and, like, they want to help them any way they can. What level of celebrity do you have to be to <laughs> have someone grappling hook your helicopter, scream take me to the sixth street subway and you go, okay, immediately helicopter <laughs> flying through skyscrapers in the middle of fucking New York. Let's just take him to the sixth street subway. Look, that dude was bored. And mm-hmm. like, if you're bored and just sort of flying around and being like, Oh, what's that? Is there an accident? What are we trying to spot here? Is that there's a bird? And if some dude fucking grappling hooked you, You'd be like, all right, awesome. Some, at least something's going on. I'm going to ride this adventure out. I feel like the least bored person in the world is someone flying a helicopter through skyscraper in the middle of fucking New York City. <laughs> yeah, between buildings that are very close together, it was a little frightening. Well, you know. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not my life. Um <laughs> 
Uh, but it was it was kind of fun. So he takes him over there, and they do it. And then uh, uh, Black Dragon's like, I, I checked my train, and there's the other train somehow going in the opposite direction now that Metalhead's on. I'm just going to jump from one train to another because I'm sure I've checked everywhere. And I was like, that's kind of wild. Uh, no, you didn't. Because later on, they establish they need to actually like make a bomb detector to actually find the bomb. So I, I think Black Dragon's work on this is very suspect. Uh, Black I Dragon, not care for that. Black Dragon was on a train. It left the station. Uh, uh, Metalhead gets on a train 10 minutes later. That's that right. Follows after him on the same track. After a few minutes... Black Dragon's like, ain't nothing here. I'm going to peek out the window. Oh, look at that. There's uh, Metalhead's train going the opposite direction. Not I mean, how somehow it had passed him and turned around and went back the other direction, even what though it started happening? 10 minutes later, at which point he jumps across two speeding trains going in opposite directions. And he's like, whoop, just hop right across. And yet they're afraid to leap off it uh later on in the episode when it's just one train just going but not just that if you look at the pathing uh quick strike didn't need to do the helicopter thing he could have just gotten on the uh, gotten on the one right and then try yeah. to jump on the other one right is that how it could have worked i mean that's how trains work apparently that's how they work in this world don't worry about that um and then the part that kind of really upset me in this is the main characters the, the main villain's name in this is sly simeon and they say, oh, he looks just like a monkey. I don't think he looked that much like a monkey. I he think people are being very monkey. mean to him. No. You think he looked like a monkey, Gina? I thought he did. And at some point, he himself, like, calls him a monkey or, he like, in his in his manifesto or something, he, he calls himself. Because that's when they know, when they see him on the train, they're like, hey, the guy called himself a monkey. And that guy looks like a monkey. No, he said, well, you won't make a monkey out of me. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, but said. I mean, come on. Who's, like, what's that? He's He clearly knows what he's doing. Uh, I you had a little a bit of trouble of with this part. Get it? I'm, my last oh. name's Simeon, and everyone calls me a monkey. So are you on the same page with me that this is all his own fault? Are you victim-blaming like uh, someone who's wow. a real big fan of Kanye obviously oh. would? Wow. Wait, you're you're saying it's it's not all his fault? It's not this monkey man's fault? No, I'm saying that you're now agreeing <laughs> with me, and Ray is the one who's out on this one for some reason. Wow. Yeah, because Ray feels bad for him. I do feel bad for him because you know they the literally. Uh, they of course say, you do. Don't, you're like, oh, don't make a monkey of a out of guy? me. They say, don't make a monkey out of me. From that, they're just like, he must have simian features. And so they see this poor dude wearing a hat and a trench coat just on the subway. And they just shout, that guy looks like a monkey. Let's get him. Right. I, I understand what that it's the very, fuck is happening. I understand that it's very upsetting to you to find out that sometimes <laughs> white men can also be made fun of and not and and have a bad time at life i understand that that might be shattering your whole world right now it's upsetting and that you're I will immediately say, feeling bad for this one one terrorist who blew up a candy shop uh <laughs> it, it was less a matter of them they should have been looking for a guy who looks like a monkey and you know profiling in that way it's getting yeah, perilously close to some racist tropes that i don't even want to get mm -hmm. into but all of the all of the people on the train are skinny ass people. The GI Joes are these hulking monsters with 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 shoulders that are like eight feet across. 
there's one other dude on that train out of the hundreds of people on the train that also has eight foot broad shoulders. Like, eh, maybe we should look at him because he does have a trench coat and a hat and he's walking around all. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Like. But oh, I didn't even mention my favorite part is when Black Dragon comes on the train. He comes in by smashing through a window <laughs> and everybody is terrified. I, he's like, oh, I'm in G.I. Joe. It's fine. And then everybody's like, oh, all right. <laughs> And what is happening in this episode? They just, they're getting weirder and weirder as it's going. And I, I did love this episode. There's a lot I liked about it, but Gina, come on. Uh, white people, they just, they, they, you can't, you shouldn't be able to make fun of them, man. (laughs) I mean, it's certainly not without them being allowed to retaliate in, in multiple murder type ways. <laughs> and then I know another sound pull that I want here. We cut over to oh, they find him, and and I like this because they catch him. They're like, "Hey, monkey!" And uh, uh, and he, he runs. They catch up to him, and they're like, "We got you." Where's the bomb? He goes. You guys are really bad at this. Why would I be on the train that actually has the bomb? And since we think Black Dragon is completely uh, 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 beyond reproach when it comes to his searching skills in those 90 (laughs) seconds, he was on that train. We now have through process of elimination figured out it. The bomb is on the train where quick strike is. And so we cut over to quick strike who doesn't know this. He opens, there's a door that won't open. And there's this guy on the subway (laughs) just by the door and the guy has a lot to say for a character that has no importance whatsoever. I would like to hear his entire speech and back and forth with Quick Strike because this is a random dude that takes up far more of my life in this episode than I think that I ever imagined he would. <laughs> yeah, this guy is is very clearly one of those people that like is a Trump supporter and just thinks everyone else is a Trump supporter. <laughs> this guy starts out by being like, yeah, cities go to shit. Am I right? You clearly agree with me. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Make, make the city great again. That guy, yeah, that guy would later become Trump's campaign manager. I'm pretty sure. There's another thing that, like, uh, like this one actually makes sense. That it would just be like a little piece of the world that just sort of like fills it out, makes it uh, feel more lived in. uh, That you can just go by, just like one rando on the street, not like uh, um, like a whole plot line that gets dropped. So like. This I like. I really do. I love it. Give me world building. Give me, you know, you could have a guy in the background just say, you know, he went over there. But if you could give him two more lines that help add to the flavor of everything and make him memorable, you make me happy by doing so. Like, I love this is a lesson in background characters. Uh, How many people that got introduced for just one scene in this episode were completely memorable and they barely did anything, but they did enough to catch the imagination. I that made me very happy. There you go. That's uh, how you write an uh, animated script, Gina. <laughs> Hang on, let me get my notebook. <laughs> <laughs> Learn from Marv Wolfman, who quite honestly knows what he's doing. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> Marv Wolfman's pretty good at it. Yeah, he's pretty strong. Um, okay, so he ends up opening. He says, "You know, I, I you can open these doors. You just got to know how to do it." And he like tears the door off or something. It was great. He immediately finds a bomb that explodes and he's fine. (laughs) The bomb explodes (laughs) an inch from his face. It blows out the entire (laughs) side of the train car. It is gone. 
There is no more walls or ceiling of this train car. He was right next to it completely, not even singed. Yeah, there's also, again, no explanation, much like there was no explanation when when dude like got blown up at the end of season one and then was just like fine and somehow had masks made. I'm just saying they're really cutting some corners here. Well, this is the part of the episode that really kind of made me go, what? Because there, that bomb happens. It blows up. It takes out an entire piece of train car. And then immediately he touches base with the other two Joes. And they're like, okay, you now have to find the bomb on the train. It's like, but he just found a bomb. And he couldn't stop it. Isn't that logically the bomb that's on the train? No, apparently that's not. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 He's like, uh, uh, I'm like, my notes here. How is he possibly fine? Followed by the controls are now sabotaged, so he can't stop the train in any way. Followed by, wait, there's another bomb? Five minutes. <laughs> five, and they make it very clear. Five minutes is how much time they have to, just, to have this bomb. And I would argue, look, I'm no time wizard, but I think longer than five minutes goes by with the amount of things they find to do. Because not only, okay, uh, not only are they figure out it's going to the inter-alliance building. So that's where we're all headed to. That's a big, the enemies of Scar or whatever. This is great. That's the, all the countries working together, or maybe that's the building of Scar. I maybe, I think that might be, I don't remember. Anyway, um, <laughs> through all of this, we have five minutes. So in those five minutes, Black Dragon and Metalhead get on that train from wherever it is they are. They find their way onto that train. Metalhead says, I need to take these scrap pieces I find around this subway car as it's moving and build a bomb detector and improvise one. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? He improvises a bomb sweeper. They use the grappling hook to cross over to the other train. That's how they get over. There is a grappling hook and they crawl across it. At which point they use the bomb detector that he hobbles together to find the bomb which now has one minute to go. (laughs) They did all that in four minutes time or roughly as long as Leatherneck can hold his breath in outer space. (laughs) That is uh, your stretching mic. You're stretching credulity just slightly (laughs) with the whole, I need to find spare parts, assemble this device that works in roughly two and a half minutes time allotted. Look, a smart guy could do it. What? That's what I'm saying. Uh, That's why you're confused. Okay, fair. Fair. Is is this uh, more or less uh, unbelievable than Quick Strike uh, tearing the connectors between the trains apart with his bare hands? Oh, let's get it there. Yeah. Be- like maybe six inches of of, of solid steel. Okay, it was I, a see, lot. I see the problem here. See, Chan, uh-huh. a strong guy could do it. So, oh, I see. so okay. you don't you don't get it because a strong guy's doing it. Ray doesn't get it because a smart guy's doing it. I should be doing perfectly. Is what you're saying? I perfectly understood everything that was happening. To be fair, <laughs> if the fact that Quick Strike can just reach down with his hands and 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 rip off this train connector does also explain why that bomb didn't hurt him at all. I mean, uh, eight foot shoulders. That's yeah. 
It's a big guy. So then they decide, oh, what if we move? Uh, what if we switch tracks? Well, how do we do it? We can't get to the control panel. Okay, we'll do it the old-fashioned way. We gotta, we gotta knock that train switch that's down the tracks, and we gotta knock it so it manually changes the train tracks. Okay. <laughs> this like is how they do it Jamaica. still back in Jamaica. So he they takes, shoot grappling hooks at uh, levers that are just down there on the ground he, he while takes, the train is going full speed. He yeah. takes his grappling hook. The MVP of this episode, quite frankly, is the grappling hook. <laughs> he shoots it. It goes beyond. He's on a speeding train. He shoots it in front of where the train is going. It knocks the sign that's about 30 yards away knocks it in perfect accuracy, moves the tracks. The tracks go into an abandoned train yard, at which point they're just like, oh, we got to we gotta get off. I, my mind, Quick Strike should just be like, fucking why? I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, they use the grappling hook, I believe, again to escape. Yes, uh, there's 15 seconds left. They uh, do that thing. He he shoots a thing, and it, it turns a thing. And they go, and uh, five seconds later, they've run to the back of the train, and the grappling hook has already been reeled back in to shoot off again, so that they can uh, get off the train with no damage. Because they says ten seconds uh, at that point. And honestly, that explosion was pretty weak for something that was going to destroy a gigantic skyscraper like yeah. the, uh, uh, yeah. the Inter Alliance building. Right? Am I crazy? Yeah. Not a big explosion. This guy does not know his Simeon does not know what he's doing. He's a monkey. What do you want? Monkeys can't do explosives. Jesus Christ, man. They can do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. They can be whatever they want. Thank you, Gina. I will not have this anti-monkey slander. Um, Also, (laughs) is Simeon on that train with them? When you underestimate them. (laughs) You know, it just occurred to me, Simeon, I believe, gets arrested. They, 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 They show it. Yes. But Simeon was, they left Simeon behind on that other train. Like, wouldn't he just walk away safely? Is that the least believable thing that happened this episode? <laughs> you know what? That's the one that's going to tear the fabric of space and time for me here. I was fine with the four minutes to hobble together a bomb detecting device and get across from one train to another. Um, but you know what, this whole Simeon angle, cause they didn't show him crossing to the new train. What the H people, I need better continuity, Marv. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're fantastic. Um, ending with a, 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 a scar pamphlet. Cause Clancy's still insisting, well, scar's gone. They're like, we have the pamphlet of their recruitment from today. You there. And he even comes out and says they are a cult which is exactly what they felt like at the beginning. And then inexplicably, like a mission impossible uh, a mission statement, it just self-destructs and burns for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, that that I I mean, I kind of like the fact that they they built a built in. Yeah, like a self-destruct button in there. Uh, when is that thing time to go off? I don't know. It, it did well, seem as as like very it. careless, though, that they're just leaving it around places. So I like to think that they're all supposed to self-destruct. That one was maybe just a little glitchy. And then once it was handled and set down, then it like fixed itself. 
it was in Monkey Man's pocket the entire time as he's running around this place, setting uh-huh. bombs, getting the shit kicked out of him by Joe's. At what point is it supposed to self-destruct again? <laughs> Maybe once it's away from body heat. Maybe it's like oh, really high tech because you obviously don't want it to self-destruct it, like while you ha- like while you have it on you. So the second it's like it reaches fresh air, it's a combination of fresh air and lower than normal <laughs> body temperature. But it was in the abandoned train yard, which Simeon never was there. He was in the other train to safely walk away. How did it blow? No, Is no, no. It was in his out back, of a Disney film. It was in his back pocket, and then he they took it away from him. But he was, but he wasn't there. He was on the other train. They, they were there when uh, they were putting him into the uh, truck to go away to jail for life. I, this doesn't make sense to me. Th- th- this episode is it, starting to lose me. Ever makes sense to you? Says the person who still doesn't understand why he has a mask. I'm just saying it's I understand why he has a mask. I'm just saying they they have the timing off for how long it takes one as someone who has worn many an alien mask in many a sketch mm. shows. Go on. Not where I thought you were going. It doesn't it doesn't take a, a breath's length to put on a very complicated mask. Is is the mask complicated though? It seems like it's like a one piecer with maybe even like a no- nothing in the back. You just sort but of slide it on. But when he's sitting on his Zoom, he's wearing sure. his scar getup, if you will. True. The mm-hmm. whole the whole outfit with the with the the yes. pauldrons and everything. He's wearing the scar face, the scar cape, whatever whatever he's got going on. Mm-hmm. And it's literally they don't knock. It's literally just the Joes go, "We're coming in," Walk and in. then they're in. And in a, in less than a second, he has changed out of that and yes. is now wearing his Clancy disguise. I'm just saying that's not how quick changes work. I don't know if you've ever been a 12 year old boy trying to jerk off, <laughs> and you hear somebody coming down the hall. But I can assure you that the uh, quick changes of that uh, speed are possible if you're really, really no, interested you're talking in making about, that. There's some lead up time because you hear the footsteps. These guys are literally like walking into the room as they say we're coming in. I mean, you think he's not going to be ready for that? <laughs> what I just appreciate like what I just I figured watch, out. When I used to watch the Spice Channel, but the oh, previous yeah. channel was something you oh, hit that jump button. Totally innocuous. And you right just perch with your finger on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just occurred to me that uh, Iron Claw was in a Zoom meeting, sitting behind a desk, and still took the time to wear the Iron Claw pants. There was no reason for him to be. He could have had the Clancy pants on. I wouldn't have thought any less of him. Nobody can see you there. Clancy pants? That would have been a better name for that band than Bird Call. Oh, man. Clancy pants. <laughs> Led by Clancy Brown. Uh, oh my god oh my god i would pay so much money to see that show i would give Ticketmaster all the money to sit lower bowl that's a fact um and and that's the episode of gi joe extreme i'll be honest the the little act three issues aside i found this episode to be very enjoyable i loved the tangents i loved the weird characterizations of people we never see again and the part that he we have an extended scene where they go to new york establish their undercover do the entire audition for the rock band and then immediately ditch that plot point entirely and never come back to it 
for some reason, it brings me joy. It was so was so ridiculous. I'm I'm here for it. I do hate that. That is that is my one knock on this episode. I think. Oh, I guess everything is a knock for you, Gina. I enjoyed it. I just thought I just thought these last two episodes, after such a big build up in last season. I thought the energy felt a little off. It's like every improviser says after every uh, uh, show they do with their group that they've been together with for 10 years, they say, I felt like we were a little low energy out there, guys. doesn't mean it was a bad show. <laughs> so you're saying they should be doing zip, zap, zap before <laughs> they uh, go out every mission? Yeah, exactly. Ask Simeon to get in there with them. He, you know. Hey guys, I need a suggestion from the audience. Dildo, let's do it. That guy steamrolls every episode. Oh, I don't think I could handle being on an improv team with Metalhead. I just don't. <laughs> I couldn't handle it because I wouldn't it. be able to tell all those white guys apart. Yeah. That is, that is, wow. <laughs> the G.I. Joe team, <laughs> in many ways, is surprisingly like an improv team. Surprising and uh, uncomfortable. So you, so I'm thinking right here. So you've got you've got the the blonde guy who's a surfer dude. Uh, you've got the the white dude with the Asian fetish. <laughs> you've got the black dude from Jamaica who won't take his sunglasses off. I'll be honest. I feel like I've seen that team like 500 times at 500 different theaters. I think you're right. <laughs> and their name was Clancy Pants. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That was what, oh, Jesus Christ, just do the outro and get us out of here. <laughs> what are you talking about? Gina doesn't have writing to do for work. Oh, crap. She told us before we recorded, that's exactly what she has to do. So let's talk about the insane clown posse for a little bit more. Today's episode, <laughs> Operation Underground, episode two of season two of G.I. Joe Extreme. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast. There are ways that you can reach out to us. You can hit us up Facebook.com slash Knowing is Half the Podcast. Of course, our Patreon, patreon.com slash Knowing is Half the Podcast. We just recently did a live show with the fans, and I think we should try to do another one. I thought it was very successful. I thought we had a lot of fun with it. And if Gina would stop taking lunch meetings every day with all these highfalutin rodeo drive types, we rodeo will do it again. You do know that that's not how you pronounce rodeo drive, right? Rodeo drive. It's it's like a rodeo. That's like a lasso and a bull. The sad thing about Ray is that we can never really be sure he's joking. Yeah, it's that dry wit, guys. Team, y'all, folks. You can also hit us up on Twitter, of course, at G.I. Joe Podcast. But individually, you can find me at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And you should reach out to all of us and let us know what you thought of G.I. Joe Extreme Episode 2, Operation Underground. Maybe we'll even post a link so you can watch this one. That's a thing we used to do. That probably helps people. <laughs> find it yourself, scrubs. <laughs> No, I'll post a link to this one. Uh, so until next week, may your uh, imp improv teams be salty and your nuts be firm. God damn it. <sighs> Situation critical. Roll call! It's me!
Hey, you. No, 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 no. Don't look over here. Keep your eyes on the road. Got something for you. Take a listen to this. In the newest Pokemon, they have Score Bunny, which is a starter. What? Yes. Score, score Bunny? So it's, it's a Fire Bunny that plays soccer. He kicks balls. He scores. Great. Score, like Scorch, I think. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Like, goal. Like, score. <laughs> Rad. There's Score Bunny who uses his mad soccer skills to steal, I think like donuts or something like that. How does he use it, his soccer skills to steal donuts? He kicks it. Oh, yummy. The best part is though, Scorbunny wants to go and follow Ash and go on big adventures. But oh my Ash god, is like, Ash is still the main character of the f anime? Yes, where have you been? Yeah, so Ash is like, I'm getting on the train, I'm leaving, Scorbunny. And Scorbunny's is it like- Is because he's 80 years old? That's why he sounds like that? <laughs> Nothing makes donuts taste better than a foot coming in contact with them. <laughs> if you like what you heard and love co-op with your friends, check out Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. That's Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.